So when we talk about special economic zones, when we talk about skills development, when we talk about identifying a particular sector of the economy, looking at what is available in the way of resources, that is physical resources as well as human resources, and of course capital, and putting it all together to meet a particular need that would be obviously underpinned and girded by policy objectives of the country, Among other things, we are talking about now what has recently been launched, the KZN Department of Economic Development, Environment and Tourism in KwaZulu-Natal, launching the Automotive Special Economic Zone. This is in partnership, of course, with the anchor business tenant in Toyota. And I suppose a very open-ended but equally important question to ask of our guest, Mr. Mklanganisi Matlongolwana, who's an independent analyst and entrepreneur, why should something like this be celebrated, Mr. Madlongolana? Good evening, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Mklanganisi, are you there? It's a pity that I don't have Mr. Mklanganisi, but let me just read out the the brief for tonight's conversation once we get through to Mr. Mklanganisi. I beg your pardon for that slight glitch. It is apparent that he's on the line, but it's just that for whatever reason we're not connecting with each other. Etegwini Municipality launched the 2.2 billion automotive supplier park that will be operational as of 2021. The automotive manufacturer, Toyota, will be one of the first tenants in the SEZ. The MOU was signed between KZN Department of Economic Development, Itala Development Finance Corporation and the South African Technicians Association. The MOU is aimed at fast-tracking the entry of disadvantaged communities into the automotive sector and the entire value chain in the province. This investment initiative forms part of the revitalization of the township township economy and Department of Economic Development, Environment and Tourism will be assisting emerging entrepreneurs in the automotive industry. The partnership will develop some 1,300 new jobs. Well, we'll create as many as those jobs as a result of this investment. If we can, we will be in conversation with the MEC as well there. But right now, let's just get a bird's eye view from somebody who has an independent voice in Mr. Madlongolane. Apparently, we still can't get through to him. Let's just go back to the ad break. I beg your pardon for this, guys. I know you're licking your lips at the conversation in relation to that. And perhaps after the ad break, we can take calls as well. Johannesburg, 714-2006. What do you make? I suppose this is as, as good a question as you get. The, the, the development of the township economy, first of all, through something as targeted as the automotive manufacturer. Many of you who are in any way exposed to or au fait with the township economy, you cannot tell me for a single moment that whatever your car problem is, you cannot find somebody in the township economy to fix it. And it has always beggared belief, if you will, why such economic enterprises don't themselves get together and kind of like form some form of formal structure where people can go in with their vehicles if it's going in for a tire and get the full bouquet of services. It's always a wonder for me. And of course, not so much the quality issues, but all of the issues associated with the integrity of the business. You would want a formalized place where you can take your car such that it can be comparable with any business out there that is even in the formal space. So without further ado, because we seem to have our guests back on the line, 011-714-2006. Mr. Matlongolana, first things first, the role of a special economic zone and its important 
its importance in that given environment. Your thoughts, please. Good evening, and thank you for joining us. Hey, Pungani, good evening. Uh, I hope everyone can hear me well. Uh, I hope you're having a good evening. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting time, and I like how you preface uh, the opening of the show today that it's a very difficult time, and we've had some grim news um, from the loss of the AG and, and the numbers from a stats SA point of view that, that paint a really difficult picture of where we are as a country, especially economically. So, so news of a special economic zone is always very interesting because one is, is it outlines that we are thinking quite carefully about catalyzing um, localized economies. And so that's where the whole concept of a special economic zone comes in, a demarcated area where you incentivize big investors and usually tenants. And that's why they use the word tenants, mm. because these would be big op- organizations and corporations that would then come in and you would trust in that process that these corporations, based on the concessions that they receive from, for instance, a specialized tax or a corporate tax of 15%, which is preferential, that in customs duties uh, that are suspended to ensure that these people can trade easily. It's in that space that's set up for these organizations for them to set up operations, but also extend the value chain. And I think that's what the KZN um, Special Economic Zone is looking at, to say you would want to extend the value chain um, in the automotive sector. I don't know whether we've had as much success, especially from a sort of a township economic point of view, considering that we've had um, we have special economic zones in East London, for instance, mm-hmm. that give the same kinds of concessions for the organizations that are operating in that area. One where we've seen perhaps ever so slightly a little bit more localized integration is, is in Graf Renet. Is it Graf Renet um, yes. where VW is? And so, so those are the smaller... Sort no, of it is in uh, Etinacha, Utenach. Etinacha, 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 Etinacha. Yeah, Etinacha. In Etinach, <laughs> where you've seen slight integration within that. So for me, I think when someone thinks special economic zone, think basically on a crude level, a demarcated piece of land where special concessions are made for business. Um, when it comes to regulations, when it comes to setting up uh, a, a value chain, when it comes to tax, when it comes to VAT and, 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 and excise duties, to a point where you incentivize the tenants in that special economic zone to spend the money and the savings that they're making on the, the, the space that they are in. I must mention, Pungani, and I think, of course, a special economic zone mm. functions, and it's a, it's a Scandinavian sort of thought process that came from the Polish um, and the Danes in the early 90s. I must mention that the success, of course, of a special economic zone is very much contingent on the ability of the tenants to function with the local governing authority in that area to ensure that these concessions are actualized. I'll give you a specific example. Mm. Now, if you want to set up a factory in, in South Africa, um, one of the biggest things, especially a production facility, one of the biggest things that, that, that becomes a, 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 a hurdle is a water use license. Now, for someone who operates in the water business, in the water sector as well, I can tell you now that the red tape 
of a water use license is two years. So it takes you two years to apply for a water use license and actually get it. And so that process is so inefficient that a lot of businesses have then stepped away and said, look, we'd rather go find another area. So I do think that uh, the success of, of whichever special economic zone is contingent on the ability of the local authorities to ensure that these concessions are met uh, but also the investment of the tenants in the space. We are talking to Mr. Mplanganisa Madlongolwana, independent analyst as well as an entrepreneur in all manner of spaces. He does run a boot camp, a conversation we will have one day when we have him as our Tuesday takeover guest. We are taking your calls on 011-714-2006. We're discussing the KZN launching of an automotive special economic zone. Perhaps those of you who are in the township economy, specifically focusing in the automotive sector, your thoughts and experiences as to what you think and hope this will do for the township economy, particularly in KZN. Your thoughts are most welcome. But even though you are not in KZN, your thoughts are nonetheless welcome in relation to what you hope this will achieve. Klanganisi, on the basis of what we hope this will achieve, you had mentioned that you were not quite sure if whether or not something like this had happened in a township economy. And this has to be lauded, at least the initiative, that the township economy is for once getting the kind of recognition that it is worth. Because we do know... There is a lot of money that circulates cash in the yep. township economy. So it's just a question of formalizing it all. And which is more important, something which I'm extremely passionate about, keeping the money circulating where it is earned, where the people yep. are, instead of them having to move, following the lines of apartheid structural and spatial planning to go to yep. industrial centers out on the outskirts of your urban centers. Creating these SEZs in the township is important. No, no, definitely. And I think, look, it will be interesting to see how how the city is going to move around with the spatial considerations, um, the spatial considerations, just getting the right spaces in. But I do think that from a, from a theoretical point of view, it's a great idea, because ultimately what you are doing when you set up a special economic zone with an initial tenant, and I think that's what becomes important, and this is what makes this such a positive exercise, mm. is that you have an organization that is willing to spend money on a couple of things, setting up the right infrastructure, setting up the right value chain, and ensuring that the value chains that exist within the township are now augmented. So now you suddenly have an opportunity where mechanics, for instance, are able to trade with the facility, or, or you have people that can work in there, but also, more importantly, can walk home. We know that Absolutely. South Africans, especially working South Africans, spend almost 50% of their salaries on transport alone. So I think from that point of view, it's a very positive exercise. I do worry, Pungani, and mm. this is a general thought for me from a township economy, whether the township economy has the right infrastructure, uh, the right scale, and the right skill to be able to maintain the demands of an automo- automotive um, a, a sort of manufacturing facility. Considering that um, Toyota as an organization is an international company mm-hmm. with uh, sort of a stringent requirement on what quality they put into their vehicles, the kinds of training that you need um, to, to work on Toyota vehicles, uh, there's a the concept of Kaizen, which they take very seriously as a business. Kaizen, now, continuous Kaizen, improvement, yes. Continuous improvement, definitely. So I would want to see, and I think... For me, as a follow-up, perhaps one of the things we need to see is how the city, once again, the hosting authority, 
in this instance is going to ensure that the gulf in what is required for 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 participation in that value chain from a skilled point of view is actually met to ensure that township entrepreneurs are the ones that are participating in that value chain. And this, by the way, um, rings true for entrepreneurs across the board, where entrepreneurs are skilled but don't have the right capacity, don't have the right balance sheet, for instance, to meet the demands that sometimes are required. And I speak specifically from entrepreneurs because it's easier to just employ someone, get them in, train them, let them work. But how do you ensure that the businesses that service that operation are then able to or have the capacity to meet the demands of an operation of that scale, considering that this is a, a, a facility that, that will be supplying the rest of the country with Toyota vehicles going forward? We're in conversation indeed with Mr. Mklanese Majongolwane talking to us about the very recent launching of the Automotive Special Economic Zone KwaZulu-Natal, that being in partnership or the partners being the Department of Economic Development, Environment and Tourism in the province together with Itala Development Finance Corporation, which is going to offer facilities of corporate banking as well as retail banking to another partner being the South African Technicians Association, all with the anchor tenant Toyota. So you've got a multinational in Toyota. You've got the government in the KZN department. You've got a finance institution, Itala Development Finance, and you've got the most critical people there, in my view anyway, the technicians, because they are the ones going to be driving the economy. Talking about driving the economy, let's take a couple of calls, Mr. Mklanganisi. Let's go to KGM in Langaban in Cape Town. I understand he is right now because he's got experience in this sector. And let's go to Mike in Durban. KGM, then Mike. Good evening, KGM. Good evening, um, Good evening to your guest and to the listeners. Indeed. Um, Thank you. so a space that I have played a, a bit of my, my regulation in, I'll tell you this much. These um, projects, they are good on paper, but very worthless in practice. Why? Um, Etinahe that you mentioned, mm. the people of Etinahe scrumly have no benefits whatsoever. Employment is not benefits. Let, let's, let's face it. I've taken a time a bit, stayed in, in, in Europe, specifically in Germany, um, where the, the German marks are made. And if you look at the structure that, for instance, brands like Mercedes-Benz, um, VW as a whole have with the local social economy. It's totally different from how we do it. We are apologetic in the way we do things and we are not benefiting our people. Go to PE from Etinaga, just 30 case away. Mm. You have had Isuzu that you can't mention today. GM, Ford yeah. was there. Yeah, it was GM in general. You, you move a bit from there to the economic zone that started there. Um, Kuha. The people just across the road um, of of the the, 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 the the township that is just adjacent. The only benefit that they can talk about is the so-called employment with exploitative uh, remuneration, if any. Long story short, mm. you can go to East London with Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes it's the same thing. Now, we always get excited with these projects when they come. The, my point, my problem is, my challenge is this, and I, I need your guest to to turn golf in it. Sure. Shouldn't we be brave to say to Toyota, 
you've been in Durban for this long. They've taken over the old airport, which shows the potential that they have in the country. Now we're talking about this new development zone. As you wrap up? We, 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 we don't want 80% of the money to go out of the country and 20 stay because of the salaries. Let it be the other way around where we own the 80% and you take the 20% out. Can he comment on that? Fantastic. Thanks so much, KG. I much appreciate it. Let's go to Durban, actually, where this facility is taking place. Mike, good evening. Thanks for calling. Hi, Sengeshi. Songezo. Evening. Yeah, just in Durban, Mike. Mike, Songezo. Uh, speaking to your guests and the listeners. Mike, can, can we hear? get my name right, please? My name is pronounced Songezo. It is not with an I at the end. <laughs> I'm listening to talk. I've got an aching leg. <laughs> Anyhow, that's my problem. Uh, a very good friend of mine, the late Louis Nell, he was a trust bank uh, executive. He set up the EPZ in Mauritius, which is very successful today. Right? And then he got called to Saigon, Haipong. And he set up a EPZ there the size of Durban. Then, this is in the late 1970s, uh, then I suggested to him that we contact uh, the authorities and try and set one up in Zululand. There's a lot of labor there. You listening? Yes. Right? But we wanted to set one up there. And run on the same basis as they do it over there. They have signboards outside the factories there, uh, sewing machine technicians, electricians, plumbers, uh, fitters, whatever, whatever trade. And the, the 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 wages are on the board and the salaries are on the board. There is no union interference whatsoever. Nothing. Anyhow. It became a big flop, yeah. We had the Communist Party and God knows what performing like hell. Wouldn't allow us to go ahead. And that's why Zululand never got into the Thank you very much, Mike. In Durban, Tlanganisi, perhaps you can speak to the politics of how certain of these arrangements can be managed, given the fact that one of the key partners, of course, is the department provincial department and of course at development finance house for the most part will be government backed i'm thinking about the industrial development corporation would have a stake in that if not the development banks so how do we in the second context in the in the context of the second caller rather manage the politics of handling an scz but i think specifically start with the caller number one in relation to how we can ensure the money circulates within in the majority Uh, and I think it's a, it's a very tricky exercise, right? Uh, specifically in the context that uh, it's KGM, and I like the context that KGM paints. Specifically in the context that KGM paints, because by its very nature, especially economic zone, is one that is concession driven. So, so, so if you look at how we structure um, special economic zones in South Africa across the board, some of the key concessions that I highlighted earlier. For instance, our tax breaks, um, uh, VAT concessions. Uh, if you look at sort of excise duties that, that that these institutions are not paying or have a real sort of um, condemnation on in terms of discounts, you then realize that a lot of them are getting a lot of benefit uh, that outside of 
of, of, of trading in that special economic zone, they wouldn't necessarily receive. And I do think that the negotiation of these SEZs then becomes important, right? Because if you think mm. about it, and here's the thing that I think is an interesting sort of uh, differentiator, Pungani, is that a lot of the SEZs that have been declared in South Africa have actually struggled to attract tenants. You think about it. Um, I come from Uppington. There was an Uppington SEZ that was declared a year and a half ago. Um, that SEZ is now collapsed purely just on the basis of it to set up the institutional um, support um, from a local government point of view, planning. but also attracting the right tenant, right? Poor planning. And so I think it, 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 and poor planning. So those things become ultimately the negotiation that needs to be, that needs to be worked on. And I think one of the things that needs to then happen, KGM, it would be a legislative exercise to say, how do we then manage um, from a legislative point of view, the movement of money in special economic zones to ensure that you have beneficiation. But this is why, for instance, in my opening sort of input, yes. I spoke about the concept of developing a value chain. Yes. And that's what ideally an SEZ is. And I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic because in this instance, you're seeing three key partners come in, right? You're seeing the central investor tenants, which is a difficulty for a lot of these institutions. You're seeing a, a, the local governing authority, which is the city of Etequini, and you're seeing um, a development finance institution. Now, that's important because now you're able to capitalize businesses that are actually able to plug into the, 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 the Toyota value chain. The, the simple example then becomes Songhezo runs a tire manufacturing facility. You've always done it at a small scale. You've given us in our cars um, our tires. Suddenly, there's this institution that needs you to put out 3,000 tires a month. Now you need to, of course, scale from scale. a production point of view. You need to, to scale from a, from just from an operational point of view. Now, the involvement in Itala, I assume, um, once again, cautiously, optimistically, it will speak to exactly that, to say the entrepreneurs who are now potentially part of the Toyota value chain, who have the right uh, uh, sort of machinery to scale, are able to scale with the right funding. And that's ultimately what the SEZ is meant to do. But more importantly, they're able to spend and employ the people in this instance. I must highlight, Tungani, and I think it's an important one, as someone who's an entrepreneur that's gotten burnt all the time, is that not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur. And I think the fact that we're going to see jobs is a very good start, especially in in an economy like ours. What we must be very dogged about is then to say, how do you integrate the entrepreneurs within that area into the value chain. And that's where the levels of accountability must be. And more importantly, that's how you access those concessions. So that's how you access your preferential 15% corporate tax rate. That's how you access your VAT concessions because you are now reporting how much you're spending on the value chain across the board. So I do think that KGM, from a concession management point of view, Ultimately, it's the negotiation, but also ensuring that the ecosystem can support the smaller entrepreneurs to actually run businesses that can scale beyond the future. I worry about uh, uh, the second question, 
Ungani. I wonder minutes. about the politics ever so slightly. I think South Africa in itself has its own challenges. Um, but I also do think that the SEZ in itself, and I like what KGM said earlier, isn't necessarily licensed to exploit workers. And that, to me, becomes a very important exercise as well. To say, how do you ensure that the people that work in these factories, the people that put together these, these, these vehicles, are actually not exploited and are paid um, at the very least a minimum wage, which is a debate on its own, or perhaps uh, and slightly above commensurate to what an automobile worker across the world would be getting paid for. Final question. You know, sure. when you talk about a tenant as in Toyota, I would even put my neck out on the line. The majority of Africans can relate with the brand. Avanza, yeah. Toyota Cressida, High Ace or Quantum. Mm. And they, together in the business of transport, amount to something like 74 billion rand. Surely, 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 this absolutely has to work. Give me your response in a minute. It has to, Bungani. It has to. um, If we extend into the value chain deep enough. Now, when I say value chain, how far back are we going? Um, And working is a different exercise. Is that work for me will be jobs. How many jobs? First things first. The second thing then is the spend in the value chain. So how many of the entrepreneurs that didn't necessarily supply Toyota with rivets before are now doing it? Because now you're building a business that, is, that has a key customer in Toyota and is supplying them. That allows you scale, that allows you continuous um, trading activity. So what we need to decide is what does it mean for this thing to work? For me, it would be jobs and the amount of investment in the backward value chain that builds up to us seeing an Avanza or a Cressida that my father drove or a Quantum. That becomes, for me, the key, the two key indicators. We can always talk to you forever, especially on such matters. Mklanganese, thank you so much, and you know why. I'm especially indebted to you for your thoughts and for being as candid as always in your thoughts on this. Thank you very much for having me, Tunga, and have a good evening. Certainly we shall, and we wish you the same as well. After the break, we talk to the BBC's Mr. Sandile Zungu on the passing of Mr. Kimi Makwetu, the would-have-been-outgoing Auditor-General, a special tribute coming from business.